All right, we're doing Daf Tzadi Hey. We're going to be starting from the bottom of Tzadi Dalar and Mbez. We're analyzing the Mishnah, <coughs> which has spoken about the cases between Rabbi Lezer and the Chalmah. Chena Hagodelis, the woman who is braiding her hair, painting eyes, or fixing hair, is all chayv according to Rabbi Lezer and Patron and the Rabbana. So the Gemara analyzes what the issues here are. So first, the Gemara says, What's the obligation of doing these actions? This seems a bit far-reaching, but braiding hair can be considered a form of weaving. Usually weaving is like uh, with material on the, on the loom. But we're saying that perhaps braiding hair can be like weaving. Painting eyes can be like writing. It's like an outline of the eye. So it's like making a picture. And uh, it's like spinning for, for someone who's fixing the hair because there are tangled hairs and you have to uh, run the fingers through it and straighten them. So that can be a form of spinning. But the Gemara quickly rejects that. The Gemara says, Is that way of weaving you weave with hair? Is that writing you paint? Uh, painting an eye is considered writing? Can spinning be with hair? All these things are not normally done. That's an unusual form of the Malacha. So surely, Rabbi Lezer cannot be for these situations. I heard the different Top of Painting an eye is, is like dying. So it's not for making a specific picture or form, but it's just changing the color. And braiding and fixing is building. You're building the body. By building the hair, it's like a form of changing the building the body. And that's considered to be a malacha. So the Gemara says, Is that normal? You build with hair? So the Gemara says, In. We're going to show that there's a source from the Torah that you can build by braiding hair, by fixed, by building the hair. Yeah, where do we see this? It says, Build the tzela. So this is talking about the creation of woman. So, right, Hashem took a bit from Adam and he. And he and then the Pasuk says that he built her. So what does it mean? Build her. Did he form woman, but he actually braided Chava's hair and brought her to Adam. Where do we get that? Because by Yiven, out in the cities, out in the sea, in some island somewhere, the people who braid hairs are called Banasa, builders. So the Lashon here in the Pasuk, by Yiven Hashem Elokim, instead of the literal language just being and he built, which is usually what, what, what it means to build in Hebrew, by Yiven is to build, but we're going to darshan it, bederach trosh here, by Yiven, as if Hashem made the braids. Hashem was beautifying, Hashem was beautifying Chava, and she brings him to Adam. So we see in this context, a sense of building uh, regarding braiding. So that's where we learn that there's a chia for braiding hair. Now, it doesn't say why the Chachamim, you know, disagree with, with all these things. The Chachamim, it sounds like, hold that it's not considered dying if you're uh, putting it there, on the, uh, you're, you're changing this, the color of the human skin. But it definitely is still, it's still awesome darabana. And the same thing with the human hair, I guess, like the Rabbana don't consider that a binyan daraisa. But uh, it's considered similar to building enough, so it's still aser. Says the Gemara Tanya. For the women who are braiding hair, painting the eyes, or fixing the hair, she's doing for herself. She's not chayav. For her friend, chayav. She is chayav. So what's the idea? Because when you're doing it to yourself, you don't do such a good job. You don't see what you're seeing. So therefore, it's not considered usual. It's only the way like Hashem did it to Adam, where it was someone, uh, to chava. Someone else was doing it to, to another person. That's where it's considered a normal type of malacha. Says, for a woman, lo savir sirak. So sirak is like a rogue. She can't apply it to her face. It's changing the color. So it's considered like dying, dying her skin. That's a problem. 
Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanan was taught in the Brayso Achulev, milking a cow, machabet. So this is straining the the milk. So you used to have the thicker part of it with mixed with whey, and you want to move, get the whey out, so they would strain it. And Magave is someone who presses together different the curds of cheese in order to make cheese. All these things are malacha. And kergogras, the minimum size to work with is a grogras. So in other words, not that that's the well, we haven't said what the, what the iser is yet. We're going to define what malachas are being done, but we're just saying that the minimum size that you're working with to be mechuyev is the size of a dried fig. So says the bride's invited Machabitam is sweeping the floor of a house and Marabit, he's 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 fixing the dust. So you sprinkle water over it to make sure that the dust doesn't rise up. But I wrote the chalas devash, someone who takes the loaves of the uh, literally like loaves, loaves of honey, you take it out of the honeycombs out of a beehive, He's a beyond below carbon. We did by means of to get lashes. Ziver Abelazar, Abelazar holds all the things that are derisas. Vachamam and the Chachamim say, "Achazev, achazev, shem shvos." Any of these things is only a derabanan. So it seems that it's going the machlokes is only in the last few cases: the sweeping, the laying the dust, and the taking the honey comes out of the hive. But the first things mentioned in the bris of milking, straining the the whey out of the milk, and the making of the cheese, everybody agrees is the arisa. And the Gemara is going to analyze what all these things are. So it says the Gemara of Nachman Bar Gori equal in our dot. First the story of Nachman Bar Gori went to our dot. Bomine they asked him, "Holy Mishmai Machai, what's wrong with milking a cow on Shabbos?" It's also because you're milking. <laughs> so that's a Jewish answer. Why is milking also because it's milking? What's malachas milking? Mechavish mishumai mechayev. What is what's the problem of straining the the milk to get out the way? I'm lemishum mechavish because you're straining it. Gavin mishumai mechayev making cheese. What are you chayev for? I'm lemishum mechavish for making cheese. I'm lemishum. They said rabbah kalto kani ba'agvahava. Your 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 teacher must have been like a reed cutter. Meaning this is not the way we learn Torah. He didn't explain anything. Also, Shavuot. So they came and they asked in the base medrash, what's the halacha? I'm lemishum. They said cholib chayev mishum When you milk a cow, it's mafarik. Mefarik is a total of dust. Dust remembers that the kernel is stuck in a case. It's stuck in the outside shell. And you step on it and the shell pops out and that extracts the product that was stuck from within. So like, for example, Mefarik, we talk about like squeezing fruit out of uh, fruit on Shabbos or something like that. So they here too, the milk, the milk was stuck. The milk was stuck inside of the cow. And when you're milking, you're extracting it from within. If you're straining the milk to get out the way, so that's bore, right? You're taking away the curds and the way, separating the curds in the way. That's malacham. Megabin, when you make cheese, chayav mishum bone, you're chayav for building. So it's an interesting thing. There's could be binyan when you're making a mass, you're making a, a solid mass out of um, out of the cheese. That's a form of building on Shabbos. Continues the Gemara Machavid, Vamarabit, Vamarabit, Someone is sweeping the fort, laying the dust, or he's taking away the honey. From the beehive, shrug with Shabbos Chayav Chatos. Rabbi Lazar says, "Do it, but show you on Shabbos or Chayav Chatos." Is it beyond the flow carbon? If you do it, but Mizan and Yontif, you get lashes. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar goes to Arisus. Lamar says, "Why?" Amar Rabbi Lazar, my time is Rabbi Lazar. Where did he, we're asking for the last thing? Taking out, you know, the honeycombs from the hive. What is that? What's the Darisa? So Sif says in the Lazar, "We eat both of the Yaros Hadavash." He dipped it in the forest of the honey. So this is by Yonatan. Put his staff into the honey and ate it. So it's called the forest of honey. What does it mean a forest of honey? Why is it like a forest? Just as a forest. If you detach something from the forest, you detach wood from it, you're because the wood is attached to the ground and growing. So when you detach it, that's kotzer. So too, with the loaves of the honey, if you take them out, you're So it's a drosha that is considered like a tolish. It's almost considered like it's, like it's growing there. And you're detaching it from its place of growth on Shabbos, and you're chayv. Again, the rabbanon don't hold that. That's the arisa. So that's the issue by 
uh, taking off the bee, um, the, the honeycombs of the beehive. Then we talked about the, the laying of the dust, pouring some water. So Rabbi Lazar was saying that's a chayat. Chichaz, Rabbanu saying it's the Rabbanu. So Amimar Shara Zilcham He was matter to sprinkle the floors of doing dust. I'm my time my Rabbanu. He said the whole is why did the Rabbanu say that it's Asr normally in the Rabbanu Duma? Because we're concerned you might come to level out the holes. If you would level out the holes, in other words, my, when you're laying the dust. So what's going to happen is some of the dust is going to go into the floors and level it, and that would be a told of bonet. That would be like building. And Rabbi Lazar has a different issue. He holds laying the dust as its bonet in its own right because you're making the floor better. But the Chacham don't hold that the in and of itself making the floor better, making the floor better is a daraisa. But the, the reason for the Rabbanan is you might count, the floor might have some uneven parts and the dust might go inside. If the dust goes inside, then you level the floor and it would be a problem. So if the whole problem is because you might come to level out the holes, gumas and machuza, there's no holes. This, it, it's not a dirt floor. Um, it, it's not a dirt floor. They used to have stone floors. So if it's a stone floor, you don't have any concern. This is a very important thing. The whole drabbanan against pouring the water there is only because if it does, then it might come that some of the dust will fill in the holes. That's the drabbanan. But if the floor isn't made out of dust, if the floor is made out of stone, then there's no concern whatsoever and it's totally mutter. Another story, Rabbit or Safta Ashkel, if you need to come and start me, Abba. Vavat Tosfa found Ravina on Shabbos. He was he was he was in pain because of the the dusty air in front of him. Some people say it was someone else who was um he didn't like all the dry dust. It was messing up the air. So Amalei he said so obviously what they want to do they would want to pour water to take away some of the dust down on the floor. But what's the problem? We're saying that's the Madrabana and it's also so Amalei lo seven lines Tanya. Don't you hold from what it says in the price? So I wrote to the rabbis, basically, Shabbos, and who wants to lay the dust in the house on Shabbos, and we know you're not supposed to do it, so there's a solution. Maybe every Malayamayim and brings a big bucket of water, and he washes his face in one corner, his hands in one corner, his feet in the other corner, and the rabbis didn't answer that. In other words, they didn't answer as long as you're not coming to, to level up the, to, 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 to dust off the floor, you're just washing your face. We don't care if some water gets onto it. And therefore it comes out that the whole house has been dusted automatically. All the water that will spill out during the washing will be mutter. So why didn't you do that? I didn't think about this. This is a fascinating hacker. Since the whole Isra here is Midrabanan, um, is Midrabanan to begin with, uh, so therefore, and the likelihood, and this is important, that, that because of it, we're concerned. That what's the reason Midrabanan is Asr? Because it might come to level out the holes. Since it's not such a big likelihood that it's going to happen, so the rabbis only answered it to directly lay the dust. But they were makel, as long as you're not doing it to do that, as long as you're, 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 you're splashing water on your face, then even if, you know, incidentally, the water... The water goes down to the floor. We're not concerned. So therefore, if somebody wants to dust the hair, to, to, to dust it, to get rid of the dustiness in the air, then they have that solution. They could just do it like this little trick here, wash their face in one corner, the hand in another corner, so on and so forth, and that would be completely okay. Tana Abraiso says like that, Isha that's the space of a Shabbos. If you have a, a, a smart person, a wise woman, if she comes, you know, she knows Allah well, then she could lay the dust for her house on Shabbos. How would she do it? But just by washing her dishes, one put one corner, do, do the cups, one corner there, and then if the water incidentally splashes on the floor, then so be it, that's okay. And again, that's all based because it's, we don't pass them like Reb Lazar that it's etzim building the floor by laying the dust. It's only with the Rabbanon. is because you might come to fill in the holes and that would be bonus. So as long as you're not doing it directly, it's okay. Says the Gemara, you know, nowadays, anyways, we hold like Reb Shimon, Davish Davish Mutter means 
as long as you're not trying to do it, then as long as it's not inevitable that the second thing will happen is totally mutter. Then try it's mutter to lay the dust, even since you're not intending to level out the holes, you're intending to settle the dust. So even if you do end up settling the holes, that's not leveling off the holes, that's not a problem because that wasn't your kirkavana. So you don't even have to do it by washing your face or washing the dishes. You don't even need that trickery. You can even directly do it because your ikr kavana here in the maisa is to remove the dust and not to and not to fill in the holes, and therefore it's not a problem whatsoever. Okay. Continues the Mishnah to more halachos and Shabbos. I told you knockoff. Somebody has a plant here and it's growing in a flower pot that holds a hole. And because it has a hole, so we view it as directly nourishing from the ground. So then chayev, you're chayev if you detach it. This is a big chiddush, even though it's not directly connected to the ground, but since it's being nourishment from the ground because of the hole, so it's considered mechob l'karka, and therefore when you're plucking it, it's considered a tolda of kotzer, big chiddush, that, that, that that's considered to be like it's growing from the ground, and if you pluck it, you're chayev. If it's a flower pot that doesn't have a whole potter, because even though it's growing from some of the soil inside the flower pot, but if it's not connected to the ground, that's not the normal way of growth. And there's no tolish if it's not considered to be growing from the ground. Continues the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Potter was ever Rabbi Shimon is more makel. He's makel even in the case where it did, where it has a hole. Rabbi Shimon doesn't consider it to be considered growing from the ground. Just because it's deriving some nourishment, if it's not on the ground, it's not connected to the ground, just because it has a hole and it's deriving nourishment, Reb Shimon does not consider it to be growing from the ground, and therefore you're not chayev if you are tolish from there. Says the Gemara, Ramli Abayi the Rav, Abayi the Kasha to Rav, Ramli Ramchi Barav the Rav. All the people say that the question was posed from Chiba Rav to Rav. Tanam, we learned in Amishim Shimon Potter is Zev. Reb Shimon is Mekel, and he says, You're Potter if you take a plant from a flower pot, even if it has a hole. Alma Nakh of the Reb Shimon Gishin or Nakhamashulate. Reb Shimon equates a flower pot that has a hole like the one that it doesn't have a hole. Meaning the same way the one that doesn't have a, a hole, it's not connected to the ground. Reb Shimon considers the ones even with the hole that they are not connected to the ground. Or in Minu, but we see a contradiction. Reb Shimon Omer, ain't been knocked, you know, There's no difference between a flower power with a hole and one that doesn't have a hole. El Hachshir's Ram Except for the Halach of Hachshir's Ram. What's the Halach of Hachshir's Ram? So Halach is by Tumas Ochla. In order to be susceptible to Tumah, that the food has to first become wet by one of the seven liquids. Um, now it has only with time it can become hosher. It could become susceptible to the tumma by becoming wet. Is only once it's detached from the ground. If it became wet, let's say it rained on it while it was still growing, the halacha is it does not become susceptible to the tumma. The hachshar has to be chal only when it's detached. So what happens if something is growing in a flower pot? It's not attached to the ground, but it's growing in a flower pot. So there we make a distinction. If the flower pot has a hole, then it's considered attached to the ground, then it cannot get the hachshar's wrong. If it does not have a hole, then when it's growing in the flower pot, it's considered detached and it could get the hechshers wrong. So there, that seems to be a contradiction to Rabbi Shimon and Mishnah. There we do see that there's a distinction made by hechshers wrong between a flower pot that has a hole and doesn't have a hole. But here in the laws of Shabbos by Tolesh, it seems that Rabbi Shimon is not accepting that there's any distinction. And he's saying that even if there is a hole in the flower pot, we still say that it's not considered to be connected to the ground. So what's the difference? Usually, what's the rule for all matters of Allah, Rabbi Shimon treats it like it's detached. Just like in the, even though it has a hole, he holds it's considered detached from the ground. Like we're seeing here by Shabbos. But the exception is Toma. Bashayin and Toma is different by the law of the Hachshar by Toma. The Torah rips the Tari Zosram. The Torah specifically added more Tahara for the seed. Where do we see that? So the Torah adds that the seeds 
are not considered susceptible to Tumah, it seems we have this extra thing. I'll show you Zerua that is planted. So we're saying this extra point that if it's even a little bit attached to the ground, it cannot be Makabal Tumah. This is an extra, extra rebirth in the Pasuk. So that's an exception. Okay, the Torah wrote more words to indicate that even a little bit planted is considered uh, insusceptible, that, that it's unsusceptible to Tumah. But in the general rule, if it's planted, in a flower pot that has some, uh, something growing in a flower pot with a hole, Reb Shimon considers detached from the ground. So it's machlokas. Tanakama holds that there's all, by, a distinction between all matters of halacha, even by Shabbos. We say that if it has a hole, it's considered connected to the ground. Generally, Reb Shimon di- disagrees. He holds even with a hole, it's considered detached from the ground. The exception is that Reb Shimon holds that by Hapshur's Ram, there's an exception that when it has a hole, it's considered slightly planted and it cannot be Mikabal Ahshur. Says the Mar Bamineo, what does Reb Shimon hold about Shorish? Can I get cut neck and not like Reb Shimon? What would Reb Shimon say if the root of the plant is right by the hole? Meaning the hole is right on the bottom. It's not on the sides or anything, it's right on the bottom. So the roots are directly exposed in front of the hole. Maybe there Reb Shimon would agree that it's connected to the ground. This is a fascinating svar, that it can matter where the hole is. If the hole's in a place where there's directly where the root straight to the ground, maybe that direct sense of nourishment, even Reb Shimon would concede that it's considered like a attached to the ground. Reb Shimon was only arguing if the hole was not directly where the root is. So Ishtik, Reb Zir didn't answer the question, but he didn't say anything. So this was the Saba's question, this old man's question, and Reb Deir didn't give an answer. In the Chadash Beit Yasuvakamar, there was a time that that same old person found Reb Deir sitting and saying, that Reb Shimon would agree that if the flower pot's hole was enough that it would make it tar. So let's just make sure we understand what we're saying here. If you have a kli, it's a makabal tumah. If it, let's say it became the contact with it, it was in the same hole with the dead body, it would become tamay. What happens if the kli breaks? Then it would lose its tumah because it's no longer clean. What is considered breaking? So if let's say it gets a hole, every we're gonna learn that different sizes, different size holes consider the cleat to be broken. So Reb Shimon would agree that if a clee has a hole, not a small hole, but such a big hole, that it would make it tahar had it been tame before. If it's such a big hole, then everybody, then, then Reb Shimon would agree that it's, the, the hole is big enough to make the things growing in it considered attached to the ground. Reb Shimon only disagrees when it's a small hole, but such a large hole that, that, that it would be matarid if the kli was tame, Reb Shimon would concede that the, what's in the pot would be considered growing to the, connected to the ground. And if you pluck from it on Shabbos, you'd be chai. That's what Reb Zera said. So, this, the old man asked Reb Zerah about the hole being connected to the roots. Reb Zerah didn't say anything. Now Reb Zerah is teaching that if the hole is big enough that it could be metarit, then even Reb Shimon would agree that the things growing in it are considered connected to the ground. So Amalei, the old man said to Reb Zerah, I don't understand what's going on. Here. I asked you the question about the root, when the root is right opposite the hole. You didn't answer. Meaning you weren't sure about it. Then, then you hold where, where the size of the hole is big, then, 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 then for sure Reb Shimon agrees. Meaning the old man held that in Svara, if you're saying a big hole, Reb Shimon is going to concede, then certainly you should hold of the Svara that if the root is opposite the hole, that Reb Shimon should concede. That's a better Svara that is connected to the ground. So he didn't like, if Reb Zerah didn't know the answer to his question about when it's connected to the root, why is he so confident that when it's a big hole, Reb Shimon would, Reb Shimon would agree it's connected to the ground? Amar Abai, but Abai defends Reb Zerah. If this Reb Zerah said, this is the way Reb Zerah said. Reb Shimon agrees that if the hole was below the level of Revius, meaning the hole was so close to the bottom of the pot, that what was below the hole would not be able to hold the Revius of liquid. So the hole is managed by the bottom of the pot. In that situation, then... 
then if that's where the hole is, then all the roots are considered attached to the ground, and if you would be chayav for Shabbos if you take out of it. So now we're saying it's a different point. It's not specifically, you know, the, 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 the size of the hole, but it's specific that if the location of the hole was right on the bottom, where there wouldn't be a revius that would be left below the hole, there Reb Shimon would agree. So again, we have a machlokas Reb Shimon and the Chachamah. The Chachamah distinguished no matter where the hole is, no matter what the size is, anytime a flower pot has a hole, then the contents are considered attached to the ground and somebody takes out of it is Chayav on Shabbos. Reb Shimon holds that no, normally a, a hole in something does not make the contents considered to be growing from the ground. And if someone would take out on Shabbos, they would not be high. Reb Shimon does concede that the distinction by Hachshar is wrong. And we're learning that Reb Shimon may agree that certain conditions of the hole may make it considered, considered attached to the ground, like if it's right by the bottom, by the root, very big, not holding a revius, what we just uh, spoke about. Okay, Amar Rava, moving forward, there are five different sizes by a klicheres. Now, we're going to talk about different areas of Allah here. Nikif Kamotzi Mashka, let's say... You have a size of a hole that's tiny, would let liquid come out. There would be a leak, but no liquid would go, would go in. It's just enough that it would leak out, but liquid wouldn't seep into the cleat, just a tiny bit that a liquid would seep out, would leak out. So it's hard militame gistra. It's not fit to be tame as a gistra. So what's a gistra? A gistra is when a cleat breaks. So when a cleat breaks, in and of itself, it's not tame. But if you are miyachid, if you designate it to be used as a shard, sometimes people would use a shard um, around the... Uh, around the house. You're not just going to discard it because it broke. You'll use a shard. You'll, you'll do something to catch. So you'll use it around the house. So if you, it can, and then it can be makabal tumah as a shard. But once the shard get, is, it has a hole that it would let things leak out of it, then it can't be makabal tumah even as a shard. Because as a shard, if it's going to work, that it can hold things, hold liquids in them, fine, very good. Then it can be makabal tumah for the usage of a shard. But once it would let liquid seep out, then it's not it cannot be makabal tumah even as a shard. But it is still a kli. If let's say it's like you have a complete kli, you know, like a real kli, it could still be it could still be considered a kli in other contexts of halacha. For example, when you when you're making the water, mixing water with the ashes of paratum, the Torah says you're supposed to put it into a kli. So what if I put it into a kli that has this tiny little hole that leaks? What's the halacha? It still is mekadas and mechatas. It's still effective because it's a kli. That's because it has a tiny leak doesn't mean it's not a kli. The whole, the whole din that matters if there's a leak is only that it cannot be makabotoma as a gistra. When it was a kli that is broken and now it's, it's shard. And just instead of throwing it out and using it around the house for some, for some usage, there, there's a din that if the shard lets out a leak, then it's not makabotoma. But if I have a full functioning kli, just because it lets out a little bit of a leak, it's still considered to be a kli. Okay, that's level number one. Second number point. Second point. Nikiv kakonis mashka. Here it's a bigger hole. It's enough that not only would it let would it leak out, but some liquid would come into the kli. Then It's not good to make kiddush mechadas. At this point, it's, it, it messes up the shame of the kli. It can't be mechadas. It has. To, it, 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 if, if you have a liquid that's meant to hold uh, a container that's meant to hold a liquid, it's not considered a kli once it has a hole that lets liquids come in. But it's still considered a kli. For, for having Hachshar's rum. Let's say there's something growing inside of the Kli, it's detached from the ground. So even though you have a hole that's big enough for the liquid to come out of it, but because the hole is so small, it's smaller than the width of even the root, it's too small for the, for the plant to get any significant amount of nourishment through the hole. So we're learning again, if it has a hole, so if it's a big hole, then it can be considered attached to the ground and it would uh, not be makabal the Hachshar. But, 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 but if it's this tiny hole, 
that water would just seep in, but it's not bigger than that. So then the halacha is, it's still considered detached from the ground. And if it's detached from the ground, it could be mekabel hechsher from a liquid. Okay, and the third size. Nikes kisharish kata, and if it has the size of a small root, so the hole is bigger now. So it's the size of a small root, tarmel hashavaz rahim. So now the hole makes it considered that it's attached to the ground, whatever's going, because there's enough nourishment for the ground. And now it would not be makabel a hechsher, but adai kli lakabel but it's still considered a kli, to hold olives, so it could become, it's still susceptible to tumah, meaning if this kli that has a hole in it, the size of a small root was in the same oil as a dead body, then it would still be mekabal tumah because still it has a very good function. It could hold, it could hold things. Nikit kamotzi zesim, but now we have the fourth level litz. It's big enough, the hole that olives would pass through. It's a pretty big hole. Tarm mekabal zesim, so now it's not a regular kli. So if it was in the same um, oil as a, that body, if that's what its purpose is, is to store things, that it wouldn't be makabal to mavadayim kli, hu but it's still a kli for pomegranate. So what does it mean it's a kli for pomegranate? Rashi understands if it was originally designated to hold pomegranates, that's the way Rashi learns the Gemara. If it was originally made to hold pomegranates, then it can become tamay, even if the hole, um, even if there's a, it's a pretty big hole in here that, it, that, that olives wouldn't pass through. But as long as pomegranates would still be held, it's still considered a kli, because that's what the kli was for. The kli was designated to hold pomegranates. It's a big chiddush from Rashi. So a stam kli, which wasn't designated for pomegranates, then the shear is the size of an olive. Once the size of an olive, once it's the size of an olive, then it's no longer a kli. But 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 if it was originally designated to be a holder of a pomegranate, then it would still be makalotuma. And then the fifth shear, nikkumotsumonum, once it's big enough to let pomegranates through tarmi clum, it's not considered a clean anymore, it can't be makalotuma. Vim who cups on puzzle, nastam, a new day, and let's say you have a kli that's surrounded by a cover. So remember, a kli charas. The exterior is not makabal tumah. That's usually the halacha. The only way the tumah goes in is by tumah going into the interior. So that's why, if, let's say, it's in an oil ame. So if it's uncovered, so the tumah like goes in and it's makabal tumah. But if it's sealed, if it's covered, it's not makabal tumah. So if it has a seal, it prevents the tumah from going in. Ach yifchis rubo until the majority of the lid has broken off. Once the majority is broken off, then it's not considered that it's sealed, and then the tumah can enter. Says the Gemara, Marvasi Shamati. I heard klicheres shir kamatzirimon that the shir of klicheres. If the hole is large enough to have a pomegranate through, uh, to let the pomegranate through. So this is a steward to Rava. Rava was saying that a regular earthenware kli loses its susceptibility to tumah with the size to let olives through. Unless it was specifically designated for pomegranates, the stam shear is, if it would let an olive through, it would lose its susceptibility to tumah. It sounds like here in Machlokas, here somebody saying, no, that the shear is kamotzi rimonim, that the stam shear is to let pomegranates through. So I'm like, Rava, shamalo shamata, mukaf apostle. You didn't hear about that, that halacha about if it gets a hole, if it loses susceptibility to tumah. You heard about the din of tumah apostle. You learned about the din of a seal, meaning if you have a seal, so if there's, if the seal is opened up to the extent that a pomegranate can fit through, then it's not considered sealed and it could be makabal tumah. So the Gemara says, ah, and then it wouldn't be in contradiction. If there's a hole in the kli, the size is to, to let olive through. If they were talking about the din of it being fastened, the seal fastening the kli, then it's totally in pomegranate's passive. So the Gemara says, wait a second, didn't Rava say that for the sealed cover, it's it, 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 it's considered sealed unless the majority of the kli break breaks off. So how could how could Rava now say to Rav Asi that the shear is 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 for the hole large enough for the pomegranates to go through? If before we were saying that it's the shear for the majority. So the Gemara says Lokasha. It depends on the size. 
The first thing that Rabbah said that it depends on the majority is talking about a big earthwork cleave. If it's a big earthwork cleave, then, then it's considered sealed unless the majority is opened up. But on a small cleave, the Gemara is a little bit weird. It doesn't tell us what's big and what's small. It's pretty relative terms. But on a small cleave, it's, it, the seal is considered broken even if it lets a pomegranate through. So to summarize, the halacha is if there's a, 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 a the cleave loses, gets a big hole in it, like the size of uh, olives, a stam klicharis, it loses the ability to be makabal tumah, nothing to do with sealed or not sealed stam. It's not a, considered to be a cleave anymore. If you have a fully functioning cleave that happens to be sealed, and it's not makabal tumah because it's sealed in the olamet. But if the seal is opened up, how much opened up it opens up in order to make to, to, to bring in the tuma? So if it's a big one, then the shear is rove. And if it's a small one, then the shear is um, enough that it would let pomegranates in.